in case you missed it on Newsbreak. Well, we're talking about Easter already, the Easter festive season. Did I just hear correctly? Is that how quickly time is flying? Well, it is indeed. Four minutes past 12 o'clock here this Saturday afternoon. Welcome to the program Newsbreak Talk today. I'm Tadeesh Hari Prashad, keeping you company with another riveting discussion. Uh, definitely something that's going to get you talking because for the past few weeks, I've noticed that... You have a lot to say about the current political developments in the country, specifically within the ANC and the top brass of government even. Um, so definitely um, something very close to your heart. And I thought, let's, let's, let's go ahead and give this a bash and an analytical view on um, a lot of what we're seeing. Uh, and I think two major issues come to mind then when we look at it. Of course, that is, um, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The statement by President Jacob Zuma that he will not um, adhere to the Constitutional Court's ruling that he appear before the Zondo Commission and actually answer every question posed to him. Uh, so definitely that was a major, um, you know, sort of defiance of the Constitutional Court ruling. Of course, President Jacob, former President Jacob Zuma uh, requesting initially that um, Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo recuse himself from the commission and of course that decision was then taken where it you know was decided that he would not um, and therefore the matter went to the constitutional court and thereby the ruling comes that president former president Jacob Zuma must then appear before the Zondo commission since that time a lot of visits to president Jacob Zuma's home in Nkandla uh, from Opposition leader Julius Malema to a, a former police um, minister, Beki Kele, who's just recently visited him as well. And a lot of pledge of support coming through from various organizations, um, various walks of the political uh, uh, you know, uh, framework that South Africa has. So very interesting, that particular dynamic nonetheless. And then we have the fresh court appearance of ANC Secretary uh, General Ace Magashule, who... Um, Yesterday said he's done nothing wrong. He's waiting for his day in court to prove that. So uh, have him, of course, coming into um, you know into the uh, framework there for um, allegations of corruption with regard to an asbestos tender uh, in the Free State. Of course, this came around the time that Ismagashule served as the premier of the Free State. So. Um, incredible to know the impact this is having on the political framework because again a lot of support coming through for Magashule saying that he is you know being a victim of course the ANC MKV the association there saying that it's a witch hunt both cases so you could definitely link that up so we are going to just look at some of the issues on the table here we are going to talk about it in a bit of a length and then we are going to be crossing over to our political expert who's going to help us understand um, this in its entirety. But like I said, this is definitely something that's been very close to your heart and I'd love to know your thoughts on it. For me, an interesting part of this conversation and the dynamic is the step-aside conversation that took place at the ANC-NEC meeting recently. Um, should those who are in being investigated or have strong allegations of corruption over their head, should they step aside from their role within ANC? Um, so that's definitely something um, that is doing the rounds. A lot of ANC officials implicated, of course, Ace Magashule, of course, there have been uh, many others implicated in a lot of scandals. So we look to that issue as well. 
But let's talk about that particular point because ANC Secretary General Ace Magashule says the issue of stepping aside by party leaders who are alleged to be involved in corrupt activities has been taken back to the ANC structures for consideration. He says until such time uh, that the ANC structures make a decision, the issue has been out to rest. Magashule addressed the media after his court appearance in Bloemfontein. Um, and, of course, this was definitely a very heightened um, and very uh, anticipated address. Abongele Dumako reports. A media contingent seeking to get ANC Secretary-General Esma Khashule's response to what transpired in court. He says in the midst of the calls for him to step aside pending his corruption court case, his fate lies within the ANC structures. And our structures, the basic units, uh, will actually discuss those matters. That's why we are taking them there. Remember, the highest decision-making board is the National Executive Committee, which appoints people, which elect leaders. And uh, if you have to do certain things, you have to go back and further get the mandate from those structures. Makashule has confirmed that the party's top six will be meeting with former President Jacob Zuma soon. As the top six, the National Executive Committee has mandated us and we have interacted with President Zuma to have an engagement meeting, which uh, all of us, uh, we have been actually uh, looking forward to have. So that meeting will take place. We will show once uh, all the necessary arrangements are made, we will inform you that uh, such a meeting will actually, that's the meeting which is necessary and important for the ANC. He has thanked his supporters for coming to encourage him this time and for observing COVID-19 regulations. And we just wanted to show that we have to lead by example, by making sure that we encourage the South African public to behave in a particular way, to always respect the restrictions and protocols, sanitize, I was impressed that I saw a lot of people wearing masks. And the crowd that gathered today, even under these lockdown restrictions, seems to have done everything possible to comply. Mahashule says he's still ready to clear his name in court because he says he's confident that he will be victorious in the matter. I'm Abongile Tumako in Bloemfontein. I want to stay with Ace Magashule now because police in the Free State have confirmed that they are investigating a case of illegal gathering following the court appearance of ANC Secretary General Ace Magashule in the Bloemfontein Magistrates Court. Supporters of Magashule, some from as far afield as Mpumalanga and Gauteng, turned out in their numbers to attend the court proceedings. Tabiso Hadebe reports. <laughs> Under alert level 3 of the lockdown regulations, all social and political gatherings are prohibited. Umkondowesi's military veterans association spokesperson Karl Niehaus has accused police of being used to fight political battles. Now why is there this vindictive approach from the South African police service? It is just a continuation of the trumped-up charges against Comrade H. Magashule. It is just a continuation of the manner in which President Zuma is being treated. What we increasingly are seeing in this country is a dictatorship of the legal side of the judiciary. And that judiciary and that dictatorship is now overruling the democratic 
expression and processes in this country. Free State Police say a case was opened under the Disaster Management Act against those who organized illegal gathering. Spokesperson Motansi Machele. After situational analysis and calculating the risks associated with dispersing crowds, a decision was taken as guided by the law rather to open a case under Disaster Management Act against those who organized this illegal gathering. The provincial commissioner already instructed the district commissioner for Mangal Metro to put a team together to gather more information and make sure that the case is tabled before the court as soon as possible. Some supporters of the ANC Secretary General, Ace Mahashule, have opposed growing calls for him to step down from his position. They say Mahashule should be presumed innocent until proven otherwise. If then you are judging a person based on the appearance of the court in, in the court of law, you are saying you are simply saying the person is guilty. I think this policy that says uh, people must step aside uh, is not working for us because we might end up having no leadership. South Africa needs leaders like. This is to attack our leaders. This is to make sure that the leaders that work within the ANC are being, they, they are being prosecuted for not doing anything. So I'm saying Comrade Ace Mahashule is innocent. ANC supporters have vowed to also support Mahashule during his trial at the High Court where the case has been transferred. Tabiso Khadebe in Bloemfontein. Definitely, I think... Um the fact that it's it's got the attention of the police is interesting to wonder. I know that Esma Gashule himself said yesterday, I don't see a crowd. So um, I think, you know, you also have to look at it on the situation. Was there actually a crowd and was it within confines? Um, so definitely that's something that is, you know, a side issue on the issue on the issue of Esma Gashule itself. Uh, you'll remember that the state alleges that between June and 2015 and January 2016, Magashule either received or benefited from unlawful payments to more than um, 1 million rand from the late Diamond Hill trading director Picolomzi Igo Mpambani. And that is basically what the state is alleging in its case against Ace Magashule. Now to another very important issue. Keep your messages coming through, your voice notes coming through. We are going to take some of them now and then we are crossing over to Professor Dokotsa who is going to be helping us understand the political dynamics on the table here uh, a little bit later and then we can you know, definitely have a bit more of an understanding into this. Uh, but let's now talk about the um, what's been happening in Nkandla because some senior ANC leaders from various provinces have been visiting former President Jacob Zuma at his Nkandla home since Monday to pledge their support. EFF leader Julius Malema became the first prominent leader to visit the former president just a few days after Zuma announced his intentions to snub the Zondo Commission. MKMVA members have also been camping outside Zuma's home since Sunday. Vusi Makosini compiled this report. There has been hyperactivities outside former President Jacob Zuma's Gantla homestead. Since the public announced he was not going to budge at the Zondo Commission, a number of people, including politicians, have been in and out of his home. The latest to visit Zuma has been some ANC leaders from Kumaraga province, some of whom are said to be senior party leaders in the province, mayors and regional leaders. Almost all those who have visited him thus far 
have been keeping details of their discussions with the former president close to their chests. Among the reasons Zuma bases reasons for refusing to appear at the Zondo Commission is that he believes Deputy Judge President Raymond Zondo is out to get him using the commission. He questions the commission's reasons to rush to take him to the constitutional court while there is a pending review application against Justice Zondo's decision. This was after Zondo dismissed Zuma's application for him to recuse himself when the former president appears at the commission. Zuma's family says the former president is undeterred by Judge Zondo's decision to approach the constitutional court to ask the court for a term of imprisonment on Zuma. As the ANC's top leadership plans to persuade Zuma, the former president says he stands by his decision. Zuma's son, Edward, explains. If the leadership of the ANC want to engage with former President Zuma, they are free to do that. I mean, former President Zuma is their member. He's a member of the African National Congress. Whatever the leadership requests, he will be able to listen to them. However, what we want to emphasize, if ever they are trying uh, or their attempt is to convince him to change the decision that is taken, well, I might as well say it now. It's not going to happen. We're sticking to what we've said. Whether you try and convince him or not convince him, he's not going to change. And we're maintaining the position. We support him. Meanwhile, a group of Mkondowesi's military veterans members have continued camping outside Zuma's house. They vow to protect Zuma. Mkdozim Kize is one of the members of Mkondowesi's military veterans camping outside Zuma's home. NFP leaders have also visited the former president at his Ganta home. Party Secretary General Kenan Mdleche says they have played their support to the former president. Uh, from where we're coming from as National Freedom Party, um, after obviously engaging with the president, um, contrary to the narrative that is out there, we are of the view that um, the, the president has got uh, um, a fair reasoning and we, we do support his stance at the moment and uh, we'll continuously support him going forward. And we did uh, assure the president that um, uh, he will never walk alone. After engaging him, we have the view that uh, some of the president's rights have been trampled upon. That's why we're saying that uh, we will support him. Last week, EFF leader Julius Malema, who had a long-standing fallout with Zuma, dating back at a time when he was expelled from the ANC, surprisingly visited Zuma to discuss some matters over a cup of tea. Malema was accompanied by former partner national chairperson, advocate Dadim Pofu. In those private talks, there was also Zuma Stone supporters, Eguruleni Mayor Mzwandi Damasina, and ANC-NEC member Tony Engini. I am Vusi Makosini in Gandla. Wow. 
that's all I can muster on that entire Nkandla situation. I really wish we knew what was said there. What's brewing? I don't know, but definitely something for us to dissect and, you know, maybe try and connect some dots and see what we can come up with. Uh, but interesting times politically, isn't it? So yeah, we're gonna come when we come back. We're gonna go to some of your messages, your voice notes, and then uh, a little bit later we're gonna cross over to Professor Darkotza, who's gonna talk to us at length about all that's on the table politically. News from the TV License Office. With our new SMS balance inquiry function, you can now get your TV license balance conveniently on your cell phone. SMS your ID number or TV license number to 44210 and voila. 44210. Standard SMS rates apply, quick and easy. TV licenses make a difference. Big up to you, Mfetu, with the big dreams. You work hard, stop at nothing, and make Isaac. We respect your hustle. At ShopRite, we know a thing or two about that. We buy in bulk before prices spike to keep them low when inflation strikes. We stock up early and negotiate. We subsidize. We innovate. With a single coin, you can buy bread. That's how we operate. Like you, we made our name by changing the game. So from one fighter to another, let's stand proud beside each other. We'll make sure every rand you spend works as hard as you do. ShopRite. Lower prices you can trust. Always. Newsbreak talk. It's just after 20 past one on the program. I'm Taresh Hari Pashad. Very good afternoon to you. I'm going to go to some voice notes now. Uh, here's one from Mr. A.N. Governor. Good day, Taresh. Procrastination is a thief of time. On 15 February, law enforcement officers should have arrested Zuma for defying the summons. Now his supporters are having tea parties, which reminds one of the Boston Tea Party. Even the MK veterans, many of whom were born after the apartheid era, are camping in Kanla and feasting on the Estina dairy cows. Like-minded individuals are supporting Zuma. This reveals the deep divisions within the party. It's about time to vote out the kleptocrats and bring about some semblance of order in this country. Thank you. Well, Mr. Governor, thank you very much for that. We've got a message from Kalashakti. Hello, Kalashakti. Good day, Tarish. Hope you're keeping well. Tarisha, I think in politics, too many has got away with too much for too long. So I think in the next election, there need to be drastic changes. Thank you. Do have a lovely weekend. Kala Shakti. You as well. Daniel Chalan. Hello there, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Newsbreak team. This is Daniel Joshua Chalan. As far as the COVID-19 protocol is concerned, government makes rules and regulations and laws, and our law enforcement officers suffers to enforce the law. I can't see the strength of the law enforcement officers when they go to Jacob Zuma's place, the chief of the, the minister of police, and you see people breaking the protocol and nothing is being done to them. 
ace goes to the uh, court. There's hundreds of people in the ground in the park. Law enforcement officers are there. They do nothing about it. They want to investigate the uh, uh, people that were there. What is there to investigate? When the public side, they know they are defied the laws and the protocol. Why couldn't they do something and break up that illegal gathering? I don't think our law enforcement officers are strong enough. We need to get a stronger law enforcement officers. And I believe those that were there should be disciplined for not carrying out the law enforcement. Thank you and God bless you. And to you as well there, Mr. Chellin. Um, so a lot of messages that came through. We've got um, Judy from Manor Gardens. It's sad to see what is going on with our government. Our president said that he will not accept corruption, but we have not heard of imprisonment of all those politicians who have had their hands in the money laundering um, scandal. We have a corrupt government, so there will never be a solution unless these people are brought to book. Ramba Mudli from Phoenix says Ramaphosa must step in to deal with this ongoing problem with Zuma and Esmagashule. He is the president. Oh, wow, Stephen Gerard from Umklanga, I don't know if I got the area wrong, says if ANC causes corruption, they should be removed from cabinet and a new one should take over. Zahir Danbal from Phoenix says if, uh, if the once president of South Africa, Zuma, can refuse coming to courts, yet he repeatedly said he wants his day in court, does that now show and prove lawlessness in South Africa? And the rich and poor have different rights. Sanjay from Peter Marisburg also weighing in on that point. Thanks for your contribution, Sanjay. Louis Pillay says uh, the former president, Jacob Zuma, had 783 charges. Why must the uh, minister of police visit him? him uh, visit him. So, yeah, those are the uh, messages that have come through today on the program. Um, Pran Mahabir as well enjoying the program from Tugela Rail so keep your messages coming through um, Shamilam Haraj from Stanga says the Zuma topic is an ongoing one no matter how rich you are sitting in that golden chair doesn't mean people um, should fear if you did the crime face it and end and, and um, yeah you should face it so definitely Shamilam Haraj with some strong views today on the program V's from Phoenix says, um, okay, different point there, V's. We're not really focusing on that right now. Okay, so yeah, when we come back then, we begin our conversation with Professor Darkotza and hopefully we can provide, you know, some sort of understanding into um, the points being raised here today on the program. Stay tuned. The stage is set for another glittering performance in the Top 14 Clash this weekend. Second place, La Rochelle, knows that only victory against Stade Francais will make their top spot ambitions possible. The cross will suffer as La Rochelle play up to their position in the top half. Catch the mouth-watering battle between La Rochelle and Stade Francais this Saturday, the 20th of February at 4pm. Live on SABC2, SABC Sport DTT channel and Telcom 1. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. Registration for 2021 at the Durban University of Technology will only be online. First-year students can register from the 1st of March and returning students can register from the 22nd of February. Research masters and doctoral registrations have commenced. 
for late applications or a change of mind, contact the Central Applications Office. No walk-in applications or inquiries are permitted on campus. Visit www.dut.ac.za for more information. DUT, Envision 2030, improving lives and livelihoods. Nothing but the best. The official drive with Lloyd Paul. Durban-based occupational therapist Lorsha Naidu received the COVID-19 vaccine this morning. She joins us live now. We needed to register online and a voucher number was sent to you electronically. The actual vaccine was absolutely painless. You then had to sit in an observation area for 15 minutes just to be observed to see if you have any side effects and then you could return to work. Well, now that the vaccination process has started, do you think this will help improve the morale of healthcare workers? Definitely, Lloyd. Already in a single day, the morale has increased dramatically. It is the weight has been lifted and the end is in sight. The statistics of this particular Johnson & Johnson vaccine is very impressive. It offers 57% protection against mild disease and 85% against severe disease and complete against hospitalization and death. So it is definitely positive and it's making a very positive vibe for everybody in the hospital. Lotus FM. Yeah. Yeah. Share the experience. Okay, welcome back to Newsbreak Talk with me, Taresh Hadi Prashad. We are talking about some of um, the issues on the political table right now. President Jacob Zuma not wanting to appear before the Zondo Commission and the recent uh, court appearance by Secretary General Ace Magashule. So very happy to be joined on the line by Professor Dirk Kutsia, the Professor in Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. Professor Kutsia, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Professor Kutsi, I think, um, you know, before, uh, and of course we'll possibly di- dissect the two issues separately, but just generally when we look at it right now, um, do you think there's an intersection between um, a lot of, you know, issues and discussions we're seeing right now within the ANC? On the table is President Jacob Zuma's reluctance to appear before Zondo Commission. ANC Secretary General Ace Magashule insisting he's innocent. Uh, along this time, there's the discussion at the ANC-NEC about stepping down of ANC officials who are implicated in um, allegations of corruption or anything illegal. And a great sort of, you know, pushback from the likes of the ANC, MKVA and various others pledging support uh, to those who are embattled right now. When you look at all of this, is there an intersection? Yes, I think there is. Um, if you look at the two main figures at the moment, uh, personalities that of President Zuma and Aisma Gashule, in a sense they are accused of the same thing. Um, it's, the details are obviously different, but it is about the, uh, first of all, President Zuma going back to the uh, to the arms deal of the 1990s and thereafter his period as president. And uh, in the case of Aisma Kishuli's time as premier in the East, uh, in the Free State, which coincided with the period of President Zuma as, as president, the notion of, of state capture is applicable to both of them. Um, and and also then on the other hand. Um, as the as the countermeasures is that of uh, President Ramaphosa uh, of trying to deal with the the legacy of of the Zuma years, um, both from a financial fiscal point of view, as well as from a moral point of view with respect to the the impact of corruption and the the influence that it still has um, in that relationship between government and the private sector. Um, 
And I think that that is really goes to the heart of the matter. And the, the fact that I think so many persons potentially can become implicated in it who are members of the National Executive Committee and other positions in the ANC or being senior persons, officials in government, um, that for them it is, on the one hand, it, it's a it's an issue about the principles, but it's also an issue about their personal interests. And I think what we've seen last weekend, for example, at the NEC, is though it was very much about Aisma Vesule as sort of personifying now this notion of that members must of the ANC must stand aside when they are implicated. Um, it potentially actually refer to many other persons who can be in, in the same position ultimately. So it's not only about Aisma Vesule, but it is also about the sort of the moral essence of the ANC and how to to in future be able to, to terminate this um that the fearless pandemic that exists within the ANC um and to recover their, their moral authority. So I think it, it goes much further than simply the uh the, the accusations, the charges against a, a few persons. You know, the two things come to mind then, Professor Kutsi, as you speak. Uh, the age-old one of, I'm innocent until proven guilty, and this was something that, you know, I do recall President Jacob Zuma always uh, uh, attesting to. I'll have my day in court and let's take it from there. You know, I've done nothing wrong. Um, and Esma Gashule himself now saying that. So there's the, on one hand, you've got that, uh, you know, fundamental principle, innocent until proven guilty. And on the other hand is when you have something as the apex court pronouncing or, um, you know, ruling on, on a particular issue, a defiance of that. So how then does one juggle that understanding? Because it seems as if on one hand, politicians say, well, give me the benefit of the doubt. And if then a court finds them guilty or, you know, wanting in their actions, they still defy that. So how then should society be viewing that? Yeah, this, this is a very delicate matter um, because, you know, this notion that someone must stand aside uh, because there's suspicion that this person might be guilty of something. Um, can become also a political tool. It can be used in order to simply get get rid of persons who are are problematic within a particular situation for those who are in the top positions. Uh, it is also to be able to get uh, rid of persons who become almost like opponents of that person or persons who become maybe overly critical. So there, there is that potential, and I think that is why such a principle will have to be applied in a very circumspect way, um, and it's that it is not something across the board under all circumstances. But at the same time, I think in the case of President uh, Zuma, the, the fact that he has been implicated in, in court judgments already, it's not simply anymore just speculation or accusations, but there, there is more firm evidence presented to the Zondo Commission uh, presented also earlier on to the Sabir Sheikh uh, case, um, and also um, that has been sort of exposed by in investigative journalists and others. So there, there's a real accumulation of evidence that does exist. Um, and if the, the, the Constitutional Court made, made a pronouncement in the form of a ruling that he must attend the Zondo Commission, that is something which is something different from this principle that you have to, there's a moral obligation on you to stand aside. Um, this is something which becomes a firm 
judgment or some ruling by a court. Um, and based on our principle of the rule of law, the supremacy of the law, um, if you defy that, um, then you are, must be expect trouble uh, coming to you. So that, but Professor Kutzer, then the, uh, the, the suggestion or sometimes the, the, the counterpoint coming through that it's a witch hunt, that, um, you know, no other uh, official was, you know, constitutionally mandated or rather, uh, you know, uh, no judgment was con- passed in the constitutional court to compel others who appeared before Zondo Commission to answer all questions, but now you have this order for President Jacob Zuma to answer every question. Um, and, and so many then say, you know, what happens when the apex court is in itself flouting regulations? Well, the one which the court you know, presented it to us as the public is that they make a distinction between what is a constitution, uh, a commission, and what is a court of law and the, and the criminal case or, or civil case, but specifically a criminal case. And that there are differences in terms of the rules that apply. So according to their interpretation, and well, we have to under- accept that they have the highest authority for the interpretation of the Constitution. If that doesn't apply anymore, well, then the notion of, of justice and so on will disappear. Then it is a free-for-all for everyone to be able to present their own arguments. Um, and I think that's the situation we have to avoid. So it is in in the end it is uh, the President Zuma can say well this is unfair that uh, we as that the, the court made this ruling with respect to him, but he has now twice um, sort of uh, acted against the, the commission or other now the constitutional court judgment and there's no other witness that were called to the con- uh, to the commission and some of them did receive summonses to go there. Uh, who did something vastly similar, or even similar, to, or to some extent similar to this. So there's, yeah, I, I can't see any comparison between other uh, witnesses and, and President Zuma. Yeah, very um, interesting. And uh, I, I think what what uh, uh, Judge Zondo was saying, for example, in the case of Dudu Moyeni, who was the former chairperson of FAA, when she used her Right, or claim that she that she she doesn't want to answer. She doesn't want to answer. Um, according to it, the he gave an instruction now to the legal team of the commission to to go back to the transcription of her evidence, and that there there's there's sufficient reason to say that she didn't have in the particular case the right to silence or not to answer. That she must be called back in order to provide indeed answers. So yeah. I think what what he has learned is that in some cases the commission possibly made mistakes um, in applying this principle. Yeah, yeah, interesting point there, Professor Kutsi. Let, let, let's ask it to you very basically then, President, former President Jacob Zuma's defiance of um, the constitutional court order to appear. What do you make of that? Well, I, I think what he tries to do is to to throw down the gauntlet for for everyone that he regards as now his opponent, as, as those who want to get rid of him, those who want to see his political and his personal demise. Um, and I think he, what is and it, it's a absolutely a high risk uh, strategy that is that is uh, using because it's basically setting him up in terms of his reputation, his status, his power that he might have against that of the highest sports in the country. Um, and from my point of view, there is no 
equal playing field. I mean, he will be in a weak, much weaker position, but he's testing it. And I think what he's trying to do is to, through this, give to his supporters the, the ammunition and argument to say, well, he's a person of principle. He's a person who, despite everything load, being loaded against him, he still sticks to his guns and he still sticks to his convictions and his principles. And that makes him a person that must be respected by everyone. And that is why it is so unfair that he's going to be charged in court. Um, and I think at the same time, I think what is also sort of testing the waters for maybe willing, being, uh, willing to go to, court, to, to jail for a short while for contempt of court, maybe six months at the most. Um, but in the same time, develop a, sent, uh, a, a, a sentiment in public of being seen as a, as a victim, as a political, even as a political uh, prisoner. Um, and that, that will give him then the idea, almost being compared with President Mandela and other political prisoners. And, and I think this is where he wants to be, because then he will say, well, I don't have institutional power like a president, like President Ramaphosa, the fact that he has the powers of government, but I have the power of me as a person in terms of my principles that, that really uh, 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 appeal a, a large following, and I think this is what he wants to yeah. to, to do. So what a framework. Yes, yeah, so it's a political approach from his side versus a legal approach from President Ramaphosa's mm. side. Professor, what a wonderful framework you've painted there in terms of that. I mean, you know, of course, if, if that is the strategy being employed, um, very powerful, very big. Uh, it's, it's, it's Wow, it's voluminous, isn't it? But on that point then, Professor, I want to say to you, the so much of support that the that president former president jacob zuma has um with regard to this and and to him not appearing what is it suggesting then about the way a broad section of south african society um views the rule of law if you have so much of people aligning toward a defiance of a constitutional court order Yes, it, it, it does uh, raise a very serious question about this. Um, I think this, this, especially within the ANC, if we go, we go back a bit into history, you know, there was a time in the 1990s and early 2000s where there was lots of um, attacks on the, on the judiciary and the judges and calling them, even someone like Gwede Natasha called him counter-revolutionary. Um, and that they didn't play their role, their developmental role, their transformational role in society, and they were simply applying the law in a very positive sort of a literal way and not interpreting it for the circumstances of South Africa. So there is a tradition in the ANC, and, and I would say more with the left in other organizations also, who frown upon the judiciary as saying that they are, in a sense, playing a, co- a conservative role in society. Um, then I would say the majority of South Africans do see the judiciary as a very important component of the constitutional democracy in South Africa. And for many, uh, especially I would say opposition parties, they will see that as one of the main mechanisms that's available to them in order to counter uh, what they cannot achieve in, gov- uh, in Parliament and in other forms of opposition roles 
uh, simply because they are too weak to do that. And the ANC so far has been too powerful in terms of its government power, institutional power. So the judiciary does play a, a very important role in different aspects. Uh, from a business point of view, the judiciary is absolutely cardinally important in enforcing, for example, property rights, contractual rights, um, the, the, the foundation of, of the economy and our business. Because without that, um, whatever agreement is reached between uh, two companies or two persons or so will actually have no binding value. Um, and so the judiciary is in the end the one that really can enforce that. So there's, there's many roles that the judiciary can play. Uh, from a security, uh, criminal justice point of view also, um, which is essential for society. And if that is not respected and accepted, um, well, then we are in back into what some old political yeah. uh, philosophers called the, the nature state. Yeah. Professor Kutsia, the fact that so many people are visiting the president now, I mean, it could just be tea, right? And people are allowed to have tea. But, you know, you've got Julius Malema, such a an instrumental figure in, in, in the, um, the Zuma narrative, you know, 2006, 2007, such an, you know, instrumental figure in, in um, Zuma's ascension to power, one could go as far as saying, then come 2014, uh, you know, the thorn in the side of Zuma, definitely, uh, uh, you know, a make or break relationship there. And now they meet for tea. You've got the likes of so many other um, top officials from the ANC going to meet President Jacob Zuma, former President Jacob Zuma. And you've now got Police Minister Becky Kele as well uh, in conversation, another very influential powerhouse of, of South African politics, a, a KZN, um, you know, honorary. And the ANC top six, they're now also saying that they're going to be meeting former President Jacob Zuma. All these meetings, what's brewing, Professor? What do you think? I don't think there's anything brewing. I think it's it's an approach from the ANC side, specifically now those closer to President Ramaphosa, um, in order to avoid being accused of that they have a political vendetta against President Zuma, that they have a, or a political strategy against him, which he accuses them of. Um, that, uh, for example, the premier of KwaZulu-Natal and also the INC's chairperson, provincial chairperson, Sikhla um, Sikalala, he was his, one of his first responses uh, now uh, last week or earlier this week was to say, well, one of the, the mistakes that the INC possibly made was not to have a dialogue and not to reach out to President Zuma, but rather to push him away and, and to, in a sense, alienate him. So I think this is possibly the response for that. Um, I don't think it is in order to reach or to come to an agreement, uh, because it is, as I said earlier, it's President Zuma wants a political solution, a political agreement, therefore. Uh, pre- the, the President Ramaphosa and the Zondo Commission and others want a legal solution. Uh, a political solution will come down to the idea of con- making concessions, coming to a, a compromise, which means that from the Ramaphosa side, they will have to give up something, not so much President Zuma's side. And I, I think they've reached the point where they are not willing to do that. So it is, in a sense, meant for the public. I mean, the, the meeting between the EFF and the President Zuma was certainly meant for the 
for the media and for the public because they could have done it behind the scenes. They could have, could have had a telephone discussion. You could have gone to Encantla uh, without announcing it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, I think that's an interesting point, Professor. I mean, surely, you know, if it's uh, top intel and top secret and a major sort of planning going into um, some sort of, you know, discussion or... or um, you know, something behind the scenes brewing like that, it wouldn't be this public, would it? No, well, that, that's exactly my point. So it, it was meant for us to see it and to that there is supposed to be a message behind it. I think that the problem from a public relations point of view or public communication is that the message is unclear. We don't know, and I still myself struggle to find out what is really behind this, what is the, the meaning of this, of this uh, meeting. Um, there are different uh, versions of it. Some said it was that uh, Malema was calling on President Zuma in order to see if they can't form some form of alliance um, against the Zuma, uh, against the Tremaposa part of the ANC. Um, but that in itself is also not so clear. I mean, that is something that they would have done in, in secret or in, in behind the scenes, not in public. Because if it fails, it's a bad reflection on the EFF. So in, in that sense, I'm still struggling to find a clear message here um, because, you know, of this complete uh, polarization that existed between the EFF and President Zuma. Um, in a sense, President Zuma was the rationale for the formation of the EFF. And for them to come back in this very public way um, simply does not make sense at this stage. Yeah, yeah. I think, Professor, Kutsi, to wrap up now, just a final question to you then, and this comes back to the issue of step aside. Um, it was a big discussion over the past, I think, two weeks. And, 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 and you know, uh, when you say step aside, immediately the first thing, if you follow politics a lot in South Africa, the first thing that you want to link to that call for stepping aside is factionalism. You know, on one hand, one faction wants the other uh, to step aside in a, in, in a way to remove them from, you know, the, the, the inner workings of the party. I mean, one assumes that. Your thoughts on the step aside issue now? I mean, there's, you know, Ace Magashuli, but so many others implicated um, in wrongdoing with allegations of it. Um, your thoughts on how the step aside issue is finding its formation within, you know, conversations at the ANC? Yeah, well, what, what they've decided now at the last NEC is, is that they will incorporate the input from the NEC's meeting into the document, uh, then discuss it with, with the provinces, because I think that is one of the, was one of the weaknesses of the original NEC meeting where they said that the, NEC, the provincial uh, INC uh, committees must do an investigation of who are potentially affected by it and, and then call on them to step aside and in the end nothing happened. Um, and then it finally will go to the National Working Committee um, and they must finalize it within one month. So the, the official statement of the, of the NEC's meeting says that they have actually adopted these guidelines therefore already. It must just be finalized by the NWC significantly not by the NEC, so it won't go back to the National Executive Committee, um, which is for me an indication that there's already a concession made under those who opposed it that they, they won't be able to oppose it indefinitely. So I think there, there, is, a, there is an acceptance generally that it, it will become official policy of the ANC.
It is. Uh, at the same time, part of a 2017 national conference resolution. And I think what President Ramaphosa and those around him are, are using is this argument that it's not we who want to implement it, it's a decision of the national conference. And because they are also accused of not implementing other resolutions of the national conference, I think they use that to say, but if you accuse us, well, here, here we want to implement one of these resolutions, and now you oppose it. So where is your principled approach to this? But I don't think in the end we are going to see a, a completely new intervention in the ANC and that there will be stepping aside uh, actions taken on a widespread, on a widespread level. Um, I think it's, uh, that will still be a very, very difficult decision to implement. Hmm. Professor Dokots here, Professor in Political Sciences of the University of South Africa. Thanks for your time. Good to connect with you and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Okay, to WhatsApp we go. I'll also tell you that Naomi Osaka wins her fourth Grand Slam. She beat Jennifer Brady for the Australian Open. A big victory for her. Definitely doing amazing things in women's tennis. So, wow, Naomi Osaka, fourth Grand Slam. Amazing, amazing news coming through. Okay, so WhatsApp's now on the program. And here's Mr. Roy Singh. Good afternoon to the Newsbreak team and Daresh. We have a government that is totally corrupt and corruption is rife and nobody can do anything about it. Furthermore, you look at Ace Makeshula, he's got supporters from all over and they have illegal gathering and no one bothers about that. And furthermore, his case has been postponed till August the 6th. Former President Jacob Zuma is being guarded by the Katharadas uh, from the Kontu Mcizwe. You got Nati Mchetwa that's interfering. And furthermore, uh, you got people like Julius Malema that supports uh, Jacob Zuma. I wonder what this country is going to come to. And it's a mockery again of our judicial system. Roy Singh Stanger. Yeah, Magashule's case postponed uh, will now set aside to the High Court in Bloemfontein for August the 11th there. Lloyd Naidu, hello. Afternoon, Taresh. Great topic as always. The story with this corruption with ACE, Zuma, Melema and the Zondo Committee, all of them are friends. Every single one of them even our president, all of them are friends. They talk about this person, they talk about that person. But yet they can go to Inkantla and have tea, have water, even our Beki Tele. Trust me, believe you me when I tell you this. After this lockdown, if and when this lockdown is over, you'll see all of them pulling out brand new cars. All of them seeing for themselves. And if they're doing corruption, what are the government doing about it? Shit all. Nothing at all. Maybe Doc... Okay, Lloyd, we're going to have to leave it there with you. I'll just remind you to be very mindful of your language when you are sending us voice notes on the program. Please do so. We do have to ascribe to a particular level of, of um, uh, standards when we are uh, sending voice notes through on the program. Okay, it's text messages then. Uh, Naresh says, forget the commission charge for Zuma uh, um, and charge him formally for state capture in the Concord. Uh, the meeting is the gathering of crooks who are doing utmost to avoid court. 
Yudesh says it seems like everyone getting invited to Zuma's house for tea these days. When are we getting invited? Yudesh, when you get that invitation, please tell me because I would like to maybe you know track what you guys discuss. Frank from Peter Maritzburg says, what is Zuma going to do with the commission? His advocate has stated clearly if he's forced to put Zuma on the stand, he will say nothing, hence the right um, to silence. Uh, Tonti from Richard's base says, uh, this is not treason. Can we now start burning our national... Okay, I'm going to have to leave that message. Um, so yeah, so those are your views coming... Those are your views coming through on the program today. Uh, we've got Rohini who says nothing new. All politicians from the ruling party are corrupt, but sadly nothing can be done to put a stop to this. Jenny from Mitchell's plane in Cape Town says our country is corrupt and it's far uh, spread and far too long. Chapter 2 says when senior politicians within the ruling party speak, including our president mainly, whose choice of words create a mind frame within citizens that's conducive for him Focus on the number of times the words we can, we must, and we will are used to we have and we did. The visions they commit to, which they seek to align to their deeds, are welcome, but very rarely do they align their deeds to their visions. I get the point, chapter 2. Yes, the language used is very important. Sami Mangal from Bristol says, uh, we didn't want to leave South Africa, but we had to because of the political leadership and the uh, lack thereof. Um, what will happen to our children and their future if the leadership is not going to enforce the law to everyone equally? My heart still yearns to come back home one day, but my concerns are unfolding as I see another Zimbabwe en route in time. The president must deploy the military to uphold the constitutional court order. That's a sad message, I have to say. Um, when somebody says, you know, I'm yearning to come back to South Africa, but I can't because I left due to the political, um, you know, Culture and climate. LA sent us a message. Malema's lack, sorry, Malema's attack on the judiciary during the week, I believe, reveals a part of the Ngandla agenda. This is to cast aspersions on judges before the impending arrest of more VBS salutes. The step aside resolution was discussed before 2017 and it was therefore not a factional um, issue. It was taken to regain public trust in the ANC. It was simple. Anyone charged with serious issue, charges like uh, corruption should send aside voluntary. But when I say factual issue, then, I mean there is a split down the middle as to those who support it and those who do not. Uh, obviously, those who have their hands dirty um, would not want it to be implemented, and those who want to see those who have um, would would call for it. So I think that is where the dynamic of it being a factional issue comes about. And as for the uh, LA goes on to say that as for the MKMVA issue, it's not a constitutional body of the ANC and is therefore not relevant in ANC politics. But yes, they do make a lot of noise around ANC politics, don't they? So those are the issues that are um, that have come through today on the program. I just want to say something. I apologize if the uh, language used in certain voice notes today on the program um, was inappropriate. And I'm going to also take the opportunity to please uh, ask that you keep voice notes above board with regard to your language and and the messages that you um, you um, send us through on the program. Okay, so tomorrow we go on to something light because it's been a while since we spoke about something light. Tomorrow is International Mother Tongue Day. What is your mother tongue? Please think about it. We are going to be talking about great dynamics about your mother tongue. Um, and I think my main question to you is, 
Do you speak your mother tongue? What level of interaction and engagement do you have with your mother tongue? And tomorrow when you voice note me, I'm going to ask you to send small snippets in your mother tongue and of course an English translation of what you've said, just tiny ones, so that we all can understand each other's mother tongue a little bit more. And, uh, you know, understand why it's important to preserve such. The broadcast at Kemi Way, courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi from Mitaresh. Hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.